Welcome back to the Growing Lean podcast, sponsored by Lean Discovery Group. This is your host, Dylan Burke, also known as Deej. I'm very happy to be here with Eric Levine, a global entrepreneur with businesses in 20 countries and part of a partnership that sold for a whopping $1.75 billion. Uh, he's currently still involved in chains around the world. Um, welcome, Eric. Let's, let's talk about you. Yeah, hi, Dylan. Thank you for having me. Awesome. So to get us started, can you give us uh, a bit of a history of yourself and how and why you ended up where you are today? Sure. Well, I actually started my entrepreneurship when I saw on the back of my Superman comic when I was five years old that if I sold seeds, I could get a new baseball mitt. So I got on my tricycle and I sold seeds around my neighborhood, ended up selling enough seeds to get the baseball mitt. And I realized at that time that, wow, I could do it whenever I wanted to do it. Whenever I had time, I didn't need anybody to help me. And I just loved when they said yes and gave me the money. It was a high, it was, a, it was an adrenaline rush. And I said, this is a good thing. And I put that imprint into my mind, you know, and at that young age, it really makes a difference. So, that was my first foray into entrepreneurship. Later on, my father was an entrepreneur and my father was an athlete as well. So fitness was his life. He was a professional volleyball and water polo player. So we went to the gym every weekend. And I love the fact that he could do whatever he wanted in his business. Uh, if we wanted to go on vacation, no problem. If he wanted to buy a new car, up to him. He called all the shots. And I, I marveled at that as well. From there, I went into the fitness business. I got a job in a spa because at the time when I was 17, you could, men and women never worked out together. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday were men. Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday were women. And I got my start. I don't even know what I was supposed to do. I was kind of like hired right away. He asked me if I had a pair of running shoes and I did. And he said, okay, you're hired. So that was my in-depth training. And I started as an instructor. And about a week later, he said, every guest you take on a tour, they sign up for a membership. And he says, it's just great. Would you like to be a salesperson? So I said, sure. And remember, this is 17 to give you a correlating uh, situation of how much money was. A brand new Corvette was 5,000 Canadian dollars. I was born in Montreal. And I was making almost $4,000 a month selling fitness memberships. He, he, they promoted me to assistant manager, manager. And there I was sitting, making a Corvette every six weeks at age 17, and I just loved it. So that was kind of the early stages and uh, getting my feet wet on how much money I could make based upon my own efforts. And even though I worked for a company, it was kind of entrepreneurship on how I made the money. And then from there... I left there, believe it or not, uh, making such good money. Uh, although I left on top. I was the number one person when I left, so the door was open. 
And then I spent four years at Club Med. Club Med were fantastic resorts all over the world where adults went to play. And I learned all about their branding, their hiring, their marketing. And I, I got a PhD in that. For instance, the rooms were three-star, the food was three-star, the sports were three-star, the entertainment was three-star. But when everyone was leaving at the end of the week in the parking lot, they were crying. They weren't going to get on the bus to go back to the airport, back to the old reality. And that's when I learned it had nothing to do with the hard stuff. It had to do with the feeling that they got. And the value that they got was 10 times, 100 times greater than any cost that they had paid for their vacation. It was much more than a vacation. And I watched how we did it and how we we accomplished that. And we were sold out, oversold every week for the four years that I spent all over the world with Club Med. So I had a real great training with them. And uh, after that, I, am I talking too much? Do you want to interject? No, no. Keep going. I'm, I'm loving it. Okay. From there, I went and I was the first person to buy the name Gold's Gym, you know, the bald-headed muscle man. Yeah. Uh, they only had one location, and I brought that to Canada in Toronto, where I thought was the highest consciousness for Canada. And I opened up one of six locations and a few in California. And uh, I bought the name for $2,500. And in my first year, I sold half a million dollars of just t-shirts with the, you know, the logo. That's and insane. When, what, what year was this in? <laughs> what year was it? 1980. You did half a million dollars in 1980. In just t-shirts. That's, and, uh, that's in my first wild. Title. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then from there, I, I joined my mentor. His name is Ray Wilson. We opened up 72 locations called Family Fitness Centers in California and Nevada. And then after that, we sold to 24-Hour Nautilus. We amalgamated the name to 24-Hour Fitness, where we kept our shares, but we went over to Asia, and I opened up a chain called California Fitness Centers in Hong Kong, Singapore, Taiwan, Thailand, Korea, Vietnam, Malaysia, China, and sold back to the PE firm that bought 24-Hour. And became part of that worldwide uh, company, which we were, at that point, we had 475 clubs, 4 million members, 1 million uh, revenue, and we had 25,000 staff. That's crazy. And then we later sold 24-Hour Fitness for $1.75 billion about uh, 14 years ago. That's amazing. So that's, a, that's a little history, yeah. Amazing. And what are you currently doing now with, with your time and, and your expertise? Well, I'm teaching. I'm, uh, I, I do global seminars 
you know, um, you you can reach me at ericlivingglobal.com. I teach all over the world, master classes. Uh, I had a big event in Beijing uh, last a little over a year ago. There was 200,000 people and I did it in front of 20,000, which was very fun. And uh, I'm still an investor in UFC, the fighting gyms. And we have crunch clubs in Australia. We have 20 of those. And we have 20 clubs in Mexico with the New York Yankee baseball player, Alex Rodriguez. So I'm still, I'm still in the fitness game as well. Okay, amazing. And I love that you've had such an accomplished life and now you're going out and sharing your expertise. I think that's super admirable. And I, 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 really, I really like that. Um, so, Eric, over the years, you've obviously been through everything. Um, how have you adapted to changes in industry, in people? Because you've gone through the internet bubble, you've gone through the uh, the economic downturn in 2008. So how, how have you adapted to all these changes? And can you give advice to anyone on like your mentality to stay focused? Well, that's a great question, Dylan. Yes, I've been through many wars. When I take my shirt off, you'll see all the scars that I have. <laughs> um, that's part of being an entrepreneur. You know, it's we we are usually very optimistic we take chances, we jump when we see an opportunity. And sometimes we jump too fast without having the necessary data and experience to handle that. I'm very guilty of that as well. But, um, and yeah, we got like in this past COVID, for instance, our Australia club, we have 20 locations, 30,000 square foot average. Australia was closed for 28 months legally. Nobody could work out. And yet the best deal you could make with the landlord was half back rent. Well, you figure that out at 50,000, 60,000 a club. It's 1.2 million. Half of that is 600,000 times 28 months. Talking about $16 million of debt. So we're still trying to you know get it out of that. We will slowly, but it took five or six or seven years off of our exit, right? Um, we've had many types of um, challenges from SARS, COVID, um, economic downturns. And you have to, you know, you, you have to have reserves. You have to have a great team. You as the leader, the entrepreneur have to always stay with that confident look on your face regardless of the fire singeing you behind your neck because this, the team is always looking at the leader so I uh, tried my best to do that I wasn't always a success in doing that because I'm a human but you know if you're in an industry that is built on helping people like you know the fitness and yoga we make people the best versions of themselves, whatever it is that they want to be. So we had that going for us. And so my industry, you know, it's not going to ever die. Of course, it it come, goes up and down with what's going on in the world. But it's coming back. Um, and we're almost at levels where we were pre-COVID. So, you know, you, you have to be aware 
you have to be able to make changes and uh, you've got to be informed of what's happening. Of course, there's things that just happen, you know, that you're not prepared for. But as a leader entrepreneur, you have to be able to make quick decisions, long-term decisions, and aware of what's happening and what you believe is going to happen, you know, three months, six months, one year, two, three, five years down the road. A hundred percent. You've got to be prepared and, and know what's, know that you've got a reserve, you know, um, got to have a backup and a net to fall in because no one could have predicted COVID and it's like in South Africa, it destroyed our economy. It set us back probably like four or five years. It's, it was crazy. And I guess if, if some businesses had had <laughs> a reserve, um, they could have been able to push through, but we, we lost like a lot of our businesses. It was yeah, a really tough right. time. Um, it's terrible. It's really but terrible. now people know that things can happen and it's not unlikely that a black swan event like this will happen, you know? Um, and I think it's just about being prepared and hoping for the best, but preparing for the worst is the same. Right. That's true. Uh, exactly. So I just wanted to ask as an accomplished serial entrepreneur, what are your next steps? Are you, are you planning to do anything big uh, again or, or where you're at at the moment? You know, I'm very, oh, very sensitive to market trends and openings and holes in different countries. They should have this. They don't yet. I follow the consciousness clock as, you know, as well as, as good as I can. So I'm not sure exactly. Currently, I'm in California, but I'm looking to go back to Asia. And um, I'm not exactly sure what my next entrepreneur endeavor will be. But I'm always keeping my eyes open and my instinct on, you know, on fire. So An opportunist. I'm going to jump. Okay, amazing. You're an opportunist. I, I love that. Yeah. Um, and I, I just thought of this now. I was chatting to a friend today about um, the pros and cons of franchising versus building your own brand. And you obviously did very well with franchising. So could you speak about the pros and cons of, of, of buying a franchise versus building your own brand? Um, yeah, well, that's another great question, Dylan. Yeah. Franchises are much safer, but there's, you know, tons of franchises that go bankrupt also. You know, look at their track record, whatever franchise it is. And remember, you've got to choose something that you love, that you're passionate about. For me, fitness, I could spend all day in the gym. I love the sounds, the smells, the people, the music. Time flies by. So choose something first that you that you like that you want to be in, that resonates with you, you're passionate about. Two, their track record and have your own, if you're going to find into um, uh, franchises, have a franchise lawyer on your team look over everything because sometimes they're flexible, sometimes they're not, but sometimes they're overbearing where they'll give you a street, you know, this is your territory and another one can come on the side of you 
and take half your 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 customer base, right? So each franchise is different. I think good franchises are a great way to start um, because they have a formula and they have a track record. So you could look, they have to disclose what the average franchisee is making on a yearly basis. So you'll you'll see, and they'll also tell you how much it's gonna cost as a startup. So you'll be able to calculate real life, real time numbers versus going out on your own where nothing is, you know, you don't have a formula, you think you do, but you don't. Um, it's it's going to cost you a lot more to get started than a franchise, usually. And, um, you know, if you're an expert at something and you've worked your way, like I worked my way up in the fitness industry for cleaning whirlpools, you know, to doing every facet of a, of a fitness center, Plus, I was great in marketing, and I was a good, great salesperson. So it wasn't that much of a stretch for me. Like when I bought the name Gold's Gym, it wasn't a franchise; it was a license. The difference, the huge difference between franchise and license. Franchise, they tell you everything. You know how much where to get the chocolate for the chocolate ice cream at Baskin Robbins, <laughs> what the sugar content is, what the colors are, how big everything is. In a license, you buy the name and you're on your own. So I was basically on my own. I bought the name because I thought it was a great logo. Uh, and it started to get a little bit of a reputation with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I thought it was the right time. And I combined men and women working out together. I was the first one, I believe, to do that. And so for me, it worked out. But I would have to say that getting your feet wet in a solid franchise probably has more safety for a new entrepreneur than going out on your own. You're still an entrepreneur when you buy a franchise. Trust me, a lot of things yeah. you have to figure out. And so I tilt a little bit towards looking at top franchises that resonate with you. Okay, 100%. Yeah, that, that was my thinking as well. It's, um, it's easier to find a brand that's already got a proven model uh, then to start your own brand um, and not saying that starting your own brand wouldn't work it would just take you a bit longer uh, to establish yourself it's a bit longer um, you you know you have the freedom to create your brand which is very costly because you're paying for that you know marketing and when you when you exit, you know, that brand can be worth a lot. When you exit a franchise, usually there is a fixed denominator, what you can get for it. And it may also be regulated by your franchise agreement where they have the right to buy you at a certain strike price. That's why you need yeah. your own franchise lawyer. Yeah, 100%. 100%. So, Eric, we are um, running out of time here. But before we go... Um, would you what what advice would you give to other business owners looking to succeed, um, let's say in the fitness industry or, or yeah, because that's been your biggest industry. What advice would you give to business owners um, looking to succeed in that industry? Well, you need to be passionate about whatever industry you're in. You need to know it. It's not like okay, I like to exercise. I'm going to open up a gym. No, you've got to work in that whatever and start as receptionist. 
learn every single, everything you can. And don't belittle yourself because you're making $15 an hour. It's an education and you're going to learn so much. It's going to save you so much money. You may say, hey, this isn't for me. Or yes, I can do that. So get your feet wet. Get in it. Work at the similar thing that you're going to start. And again, you're going to spend most of your life in it until you sell it. And think about what your exit's going to look like when you get started. You know, membership, automatic dues, they sell for, you know, many multiples of EBITDA or profit. Others don't sell for a lot if you're always taking the cash. So passion, passion, passion. 100%. I appreciate that. And thank you for your insights, Eric. Uh, it's been very inspirational. I I've loved chatting to you. Um, thank you. Quickly, before we sign off, what's the best way for people to... Uh, get in touch with you or follow your story? What's the best way for them to reach Eric Levine? Well, my best way to email me is Eric Levine, E-R-I-C-L-E-V-I-N-E, global.com. And uh, that, sorry, that is my website, ericlevineglobal.com, which you could see everything. And my uh, email is eric at ericlevineglobal.com. And Amazing. Hit me up with email, and I'll answer any questions that I possibly can. Amazing. Thank you so much for your time again, Eric. I, I've really enjoyed this. You're welcome. My pleasure, Dylan. Thank you. All the best.